0: On this episode of the podcast, we talked to Emily Lawler and Jessica Shepard about their new podcast. I know, it's a bit meta. That covers the Fata Brothers and why so many attorneys, generals, and consumers feel like they're ripping them off. The story is riveting, compelling, and I cannot wait to dig in. As we said, our guests today, Emily Lawler and Jessica Shepard, talking about the new podcast, Mandatory, and always, my co host, Vice President of Content, The One the only John Heiner. Thank you, Eric. It is great to be here. I'm doing well. I hope you are too. And uh, I enjoy my status as the most podcast MLive podcaster out there, but by no means do I have a monopoly on the great quality of podcasts that MLive has done in the past. And we're going to go a little meta today. We're going to have a podcast about a podcast um, because it's very exciting. We have a, a launch of a new podcast this week. And First, I want to introduce our guests, and then we'll, we'll get into the podcast itself, but number one, a multi-repeat um, Behind the Headlines veteran, Emily Lawler. Welcome back to Behind the Headlines, Emily.
1: Hey, John. This was my plan just to be on your podcast so often that I got my own.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked. Um, and so welcome back. I think it's maybe five or six times. So uh, you are a veteran at the top of the heap here. i behind the headlines. Emily, of course, is the lead reporter on, of politics on our statewide team based out of Lansing. Um, and so because of that, she's at the cross section of all the big stories in Michigan. That's why she's been on so much. Joining us today is uh, our lead audio producer for Emma Jessica Shepard. Welcome, Jessica.
2: Hi, thank you so much. I'm excited to be on the podcast after having listened to so many episodes.
0: So, Long time, first time.
2: Yes, exactly. There you go. (laughs) Old radio slang.
0: Well, I want to tell our listeners that the reason you're both on is that this week and today, I believe it it hit Spotify today, um, we have a launch of a new serial podcast. And I'm going to tell the i'll tell the 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 listeners what the title is it's called mandatory the fine print but uh, i'm gonna turn it over to emily um who by the way in the podcast in the first episode says you know i'm not a business reporter i'm not a scam reporter i'm not even a podcaster well that's not true you are now so congratulations welcome to the club (laughs) and if you would just give an introduction to this uh fantastic uh serial that we've launched today um called mandatory
1: yeah, so this uh, this came up really organically for me in terms of uh, how stories come to be, I guess. <laughs> and um, basically, you know, over the years, I would just sort of notice these warnings in my inbox um, from either the Better Business Bureau or um, the State Business Regulation Agency. Uh, a couple times, just sort of warning businesses not to fall um, for uh, this scheme, I guess, or I, they, I'm not sure they called it that. i <laughs> just careful with my words, uh, lawyery. Um, but a business, uh,
0: a, business uh, practice.
1: A business practice, yes, um, where companies were sometimes thinking that these mailings that they got were from the state government when actually they were from um, an independent company that was making a lot of money off of soliciting businesses for products and services that um, either they can get elsewhere for free or sometimes they just don't need altogether. So, um, you know, I'd sort of like noted the the first one that came across and then the second one that came across, I was like, is this the same company? And I (laughs) looked it up and I was like, yeah, like digging through the database a little bit, the business database. And I was like, okay, same company, kind of weird, thought they already got that. Um, And then, you know, a third or fourth one came in and I said, you know, maybe this is worth a story. (laughs) So um, I, that's how I got interested in it. And then, um, you know, as I was reporting it, I sort of thought, there's a lot of he- lot here. There's a lot of directions to go in. Maybe this would be a candidate for something like a podcast and sort of an alternative story format uh, as opposed to our typical long form uh, story you'd see on MLive.com. So that's why you see it in this form.
0: Yeah. And before we get into the substance of the story and. Um... This morning, I got a, a teaser that said there might be some spoilers on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> Emily uh, was put a teaser out there for our editors. And uh, so we'll see as we get into the discussion. But, you know, behind the headlines, as anybody who's listened to us each week or each episode, is it's contained to itself about a topic, um, about a story that we reported. We have people on who can talk about that topic but, you know, Jessica, why don't you talk a little bit about the difference between that and a serial format and obviously some of the, the most famous one out there that, that NPR did um, that, that, I, that I felt some hallmarks of that when I listened to the first few episodes.
2: Yeah, so these are really popular now. I think uh, podcasts obviously have blown up so much within the last several years, and it's a great way to tell a story. It's actually a great way to tell a a longer story. Even uh, I think for a long time, we thought of audio as something where each time you came, you'd hear a condensed story. But these days, there are so many more. Uh, Serial podcasts like that, like serial, I think you were you were hinting at there. And uh, obviously, you can take a really big story, do some investigative journalism, which Emily is amazing at. And we just took it into a different format so that people could listen to this. Maybe you don't have time to sit and read an, a huge investigative piece, right? Maybe you want to listen to it while you're driving, if you have a commute, or while you're doing the dishes or doing some chores. That's always how I do my chores. I'm like, oh, it's a treat. I get to listen to a podcast. So uh, Emily made this one really digestible where each episode is shorter, so you can listen to it in a, a short drive, and it's really, it's easy and interesting to listen to for anyone, but it does tell a more complete story. So I recommend subscribing so you can listen to the entire story that Emily has laid out for us there.
0: Oh, I guarantee once somebody gets into it, they will listen to the whole story. That's probably an imperfect analogy, but like a story is like a glass of water. And you, you drink the glass of water and you get your water and there's the story. And this feels like uh this podcast feels like cereal in the sense that it was like being on a beach and a wave comes in and then it recedes a little bit. And then the next wave comes in and recedes a little bit. Each story overlaps or each episode overlaps the next episode. It catches you up a little bit from the last episode. It advances, it teases things that are to come. And it's a real comfortable way to, to ingest information in a story, like you said, rather than a linear written narrative story that just, you know, everybody knows in journalism, the inverted pyramids, like I'm going to tell you in the headline, then I'm going to tell you in the lead paragraph, and then there's going to be a nut graph where I drive it home. And then if you stop reading, you got the point, but this unfolds. And that, that is a different, more comfortable and comforting. I think it pulls you in as a listener. So, um, and Emily, I just got to say you have a voice for radio it's very comforting. <laughs> Please don't take this the wrong way. I was listening yesterday afternoon after doing household chores. I was on my couch and I had to redo the last four minutes of the first episode because I dozed off because I was (laughs) on my couch with a little tanky, and I was listening and it was so comforting. Um, But I did go back and listen and then I listened to the whole second episode. So, um, so what, you know, when you do talk a little bit and you already have here, but on the podcast as well as how this came into your conception, right? But what was a first of all, just give a nut of of what this business enterprise is and why it is viewed by, uh, what, 2030, a state's attorneys general as deceptive at best, right? Um, and, and so just introduce the characters, if you would, and, and what, the, what the premise of the podcast is.
1: Yeah, so this started out with one company called the Mandatory Poster Agency, which is where we took the name of the podcast from. Um, But basically, it was, for a long time, three brothers, um, Thomas, Joseph, and Stephen Feda, who uh, ran this company and would just consistently get pulled into court by these attorneys general (laughs) across the nation. And um, I sort of pieced together all of those um, lawsuits and documents, and actually, um, you know, we're publishing some material that's supplementary, so you can actually go to MLive today and – find that and search like through a database of all the lawsuits. So they've been sued in more than um, or or sued or had enforcement actions against them taken um, in 20 states at this point um, that I was able to track down. There may be more, I'm not certain. Um, And then, you know, that a lot of these states sort of come back. And it, it looks like, you know, to some extent, A state a lot of times will say um, you come to an agreement with with the company and the brothers or some combination of that and say, hey, um, you know, your solicitation did this, this and this. Next time, like you agree to stop doing um, these practices that may have been deceiving people. Um, And then, you know, more more often than not, it seems like uh, those those don't always get adhered to. So the brothers um, and the companies enter into these agreements, um, and then, you know, a lot of times you'll see the same state come back with another lawsuit. And that's happened in Michigan, I think, is a pretty good example. Um, You know, we're the the home state. (laughs) These are three Lansing-based brothers um, based in the Lansing area, and, uh, you know, the attorney general here came to their first agreement um, with the brothers in 2000. 2000 or 2001, um, and then came back in 97, I think, it or no, I'm sorry, in 2007, and then came back again in 2015. So, you know, you've seen just sort of this um, persistent issues, I guess, that they run into. But uh, this business model appears to be a very lucrative one. And I think that, uh, you know, we were able to uncover some of the financial details there and I won't spoil that part for you but I will say that um, you know the fines that they're getting um, sometimes uh, there's been a couple of judgments there's been other times that they've agreed to pay things not necessarily defined as fines but basically reimbursing states for their um, legal fees and things like that um, and those just don't don't come close to um, the amount of income that they're they're pulling in from these solicitations.
0: Yeah, one of the things that comes through in this is, you know, why don't they just stop? I mean, unilaterally, like, geez, you know, but it becomes apparent very quickly that this is their business model. It. it Regardless of what anybody thinks about it, whether it's a, a business person who feels uh, duped or an attorney general or a court or a judge, um, that's that's very interesting. And I know that's going to unfold in future episodes as well. I should note that uh, they, they refused, to, through their attorneys, to participate in the reporting uh, or be interviewed for this. So... Um, but that, too, I want to hand it to both of you for the way you've built the narrative without without them. And Jessica, why don't you talk about some of the elements that make this kind of serial narrative um, powerful and make it work on audio?
2: Yeah, so it, one of the big things is Emily has these really great interviews that she got with people who have had connections to these brothers. The first one that pops up in the very first episode, you hear her almost immediately is this woman from Minnesota? And you can tell she's from Minnesota. You know, her voice is perfect. It's just this Midwestern woman, and she's just a small business owner. And what she says right away, I love about how she she was a nurse. And in nursing school, they didn't tell her how to run a business. So when she was getting these mailings, she didn't know what she didn't know that there would be anything weird about them. She just figures, oh, this is running a business, right? And she's just I think the perfect person to explain to you what it's like to be a business owner getting these mailings thinking, of course, I have to pay something to, you know, the state for X, Y, and Z. And you kind of don't even think about it. So uh, humanizing it that way where you're like, oh, I can relate to this woman. And uh, there are other interviews that I don't want to give away spoilers, but Emily has some other interviews that are very interesting. Uh, that I think people can really connect with. So it's the combination of Emily being, as you said, so comforting. It's comforting to listen to her. She's a trustworthy journalist telling you about all all this entire story, but then she has these kind of everyday people. So she's the expert. She's got the everyday people you can relate to. And that combination is – and she's talking to the listener. Emily is talking to the listener, Mm -hmm. so you feel connected to her. So.
0: This feels like if we, you know, Sunday afternoon, instead of me being alone on my couch sleeping, but if if you were over and, you know, I brought out some cheese and crackers and a glass of wine and you were telling me the story, you know, but only then you'd stop and say, here, I'm going to play you a, a portion of this interview, you know, and then you hear the actual, the voice of the person who's affected or is sharing their part of the story. And, one of the things about this serial that's different, um, and we did Michigan Crime Stories before that had a little bit higher production values, and I should be careful and say this is not necessarily a crime story, there's my disclaimer, uh, <laughs> um, but is the atmospherics, you know, and in NPR's serial, the, the uh, you know, protagonist of the story is in prison, and some of the interviews are over a prison phone, and so, you know, Adnan, Adnan Syed in that case, and and it lent this authenticity, like it puts you there. And there there are features like that in this podcast. Um, and plus, Jessica, the use of some of the background music and things that were probably choices you made. So why don't you talk about that a little bit?
2: Yeah, well, Emily helped me with that too. I wanted to make sure this was really Emily's baby. I was so thrilled to help with it. But since Emily did so much work digging, I, I hope people understand that. I know this is kind of on a, a, a small tangent, but the amount of work and digging that Emily did and journalists do, I think once you get this finished product, you think, oh, it's a clean, neat little package. How long could this have taken to really get to the core of it, of something like this? But it it t- Emily did so much incredible work for this podcast. Uh, and yes, we wanted to, to brighten that up, you know, make it sound easy. And like, it didn't take, you know, so all of that hard work, because we don't want our listeners doing all that hard work. So yes, there's music, which Emily helped decide what uh, music we should use and all of that, because since she did such a great job with it, I, I wanted her to be in on all those decisions. So obviously, even though you say in it, like John said, that you're not a podcaster, I don't know, you obviously have a, a knack for this. So <laughs>
0: Well, and then uh, you have this—you have this air. And it's a very comforting air, but you know it, anybody who watches like Forty Eight Hours um, or Twenty Twenty knows that it, it's kind of a stereotypical meme now. Where it's like, you know, it was just another day for the grandmother. <laughs> <Or> what is that? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, there's this air of mystery that it, it's subtle, but it's like I want to come back and hear hear the next episode. So, Emily. As a traditional journalist, how did you, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, storyboard this? How did you create the arc of the story and in the installments and, and the pacing and all that?
1: Yeah, that was so I mean, this is a little bit of a journalistic, definitely a new territory and a little bit of a stretch for me. Um, I've done a lot of investigative journalism. That's one thing that I really like doing at MLive. Um, and you know, I, I think I've pumped out an investigation or two per year, um, certainly in recent history anyway. Um, so like in terms of workflow, I always have something on my back burner. Um, what you're seeing me publish is generally about two-thirds of the work that I do. And then there's this other third um that's sort of uh, long focusing long-term, right? I'm not it's not the daily stories, it's um what I'm working on in the background. And so to put this together, and one of the reasons that I started thinking about it as a podcast is because when I thought about all the information I was gathering and all the pieces and how it fit together, (laughs) I was starting to look like one of those like conspiracy theory boards, like the red line, (laughs) the crime scene tape. (laughs) Um, But as I was thinking about how I would explain all of that, I like, you know, I would, I would tell, I would come home, I'd tell my husband about it or my family about it. um, And I would think like, wow, I can explain this so much better when I'm explaining it to someone. (laughs) And and if I had to write this down, it would be a 3,000 word story. (laughs) Um, So uh, yeah, in terms of like organization, I think the podcast format made sense. And then I would also say just like recreationally, I'm a huge mystery book reader. Like I am a sucker for the format. So <laughs> I do like like to leave you with a little bit of a clue about what comes next and sort of leave you on the edge of your seat a little bit, but not so much that you'll be mad at me for a whole week uh, until the next episode drops.
0: <laughs> You're listening to Behind the Headlines, an Live podcast. I'm John Heiner, your host here with Eric Colcoran. And our guest today, uh, from another great podcast that MLive is launching, Emily Lawler, a lead reporter for a political team in Lansing, and audio producer Jessica Shepard. Um, I'd like to jump back in a little bit to the substance. Um, first of all, how many how many episodes do you foresee? And in this, this story arc, uh, in, in the first two are out, I believe. Uh, at least I've listed the first two. The first one posted this week, I believe. But uh, what can our listeners expect? and uh if you give a few teasers from from the uh, plot itself
1: yeah so i spent some time looking into sort of the brothers themselves um i spent some time looking into uh, business business ethics as a field <laughs> um, and sort of how how that applies to um, what we're seeing here um, and then also did sort of an in-depth look at the lawsuits um, across the states and looked at some of the more interesting ones um, and some of the patterns, frankly. Um, there's there's a pretty, I think, distinct pattern that um, has built through these lawsuits from different states. In some cases, the states say, like, you know, just like in these 10 other states, whatever. Um, but in some states, it seems like, especially in the earlier lawsuits um, and um, and enforcement actions, that um, you know, it's sort of different states coming to the same conclusions, if that makes sense. In a um, not necessarily a vacuum, but certainly um, sort of working through the same sort of problems, um, smashing down the same sort of uh, behaviors that they found problematic. So I thought that was interesting. Um, but yeah, so we we have all that to explore. I teased the the money aspect a little bit. Some of our best uh, insight comes from. Um, At at one point, the brothers um, suing each other, or there was like a a fracture uh, in the business. So that certainly is an interesting component. I anticipate at least four episodes. We've got four um, in the works right now. And then I'd actually love to hear from people. So if you want to shoot me an email, it's E-L-A-W-L-E-R at MLive.com. And we have a phone number I can look up too. But if we get enough feedback from people.
0: Your phone <laughs> if, number is at the end of the episodes. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. So I'm hoping to hear from more people who have been affected um, by this or who have gotten letters like this. I know that almost every business owner in my personal life, I've just sort of described this to, has been like, oh yeah, those, those letters. <laughs> so um if i hear enough of that um or if i find some compelling stories that you know we're certainly open to and hoping for um uh, and more episodes as well
0: well what i like you know the subtitle the fine print is you know and again this whether it's a deception or it's a business practice or, or whatever it, you wouldn't hear from 30 states complaining about this if it was 100% kosher or not fooling people but 20 it's some,
1: states and 30 plus lawsuits. Some yeah, of them are
0: repeats. Thank you. For, <laughs> it, it's something so mundane. It's like everybody who's ever walked down the hallway at a restaurant to go to the bathroom or something. You see these posters back there that say to the workers, these are your labor law rights and things like that, that, you know, somebody stood stood back and looked at that and said, you know, we can net millions of dollars a year. <laughs> it's fascinating. It's just fascinating
1: yeah and one of the things i explore with the one of the business ethics expert i talked to is sort of that and i had not thought about this i like i say i don't do a lot of business reporting but um sort of the, the concept that all entrepreneurship tests boundaries like that's sort of what makes it entrepreneurship is that you're doing something new that other people haven't necessarily done before or you're perfecting something um, and so, yeah, we talk a little bit about how that plays into um, uh, this particular issue.
0: Well, right. I mean, there's the, 10 times a week I see something and like, God, I wish I'd thought of that, you know, like a shoelace. I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> but in this case, it's, there's a little bit of shade that comes across <laughs> that, that you go, oh, you know, if you could get that poster for free from the government, but you just paid a hundred bucks for it, I don't know. So that that's why people need to listen to this, so to test their own sense of ethics, you know, and your own feelings about that as you yeah. listen, you know, and obviously the, this is a multi-generational business too. I mean, they'll, you know, the ways people will learn, uh, although they'll get some interesting insights from uh, inside the operation, which you, you managed to corral that too. So good job on that. And, Je- oh, and, and Jessica, in terms of, the advent of podcasts, you know, it's not like we're in year one, but they are clearly growing as a, a narrative a story form in America, um, and and they're a unique uh, within themselves way of telling a story. Like you know, Emily mentioned, you know, we have some posts about this that you'll see traditional writing posts, but it's it's really about the podcast itself. So, what do, what do you see where this fits into the future, where maybe we're going at M Live and in the industry? uh about the nature of journalism
2: I, I just think it's an another really exciting tool in our toolbox because when it comes to stories that are more in depth like this and that have interesting characters potentially or just an interesting narrative of some sort we can just potentially get this information to more people uh, maybe the people who aren't sitting like i said aren't sitting at their computer and reading the stories online and it getting to hear someone's voice really does humanize someone if there is a victim of something or a not saying any of these people are victims but in any story if there's a victim of something if there's someone who created something getting to hear their voice really lets you connect with people in a way that maybe seeing it printed doesn't you know once you hear a human voice you can feel their humanity so i think that's really important also People get to feel like they get to know Emily a little better. So when they see her byline, they think, I know Emily. I hear Emily's talked to me, you know. So I think all of those connections are important. And I think it's just a great way to tell a a complex story or even a non-complex story. People love their podcasts and you know this american life has been on for how long and they tell all kinds of stories sad stories short stories longer stories happy stories about all ages and people people connect to all of those so i think it's uh, an important part of what we're doing here netflix actually just named like a director of podcasts this past week so obviously everyone's kind of getting into to the game if they haven't already i know we think of Netflix as videos but you know, so everyone's into it. It's it's the thing well, now. Well,
0: talk about full circle, you know, in any cultures, the oral story form, I mean, when you stand sit around at, at, at Boy Scout camp and tell ghost stories by the fire, you don't hand out sheets of paper and tell them to read it. I mean, you, you tell <laughs> stories and there's power. There's power in the story. And like I said, the pacing of it is it's relaxing, but it's a, it's a different way for your brain to take in information. and like good story, you start to get mental pictures. It's like reading a book and you get mental pictures. And so and also I would mention that our growth in video, the power of images we've learned to moving images and and seeing human beings, to your point. Uh, We had a video a couple of years ago about PFAS, the forever chemicals and a family who had a little boy who was suffering health effects from that. And it was hard not to watch that without feeling at a human level why this is so much in the drowning video last year about the Great Lakes. Um, very, very powerful. So that certainly comes through in the podcast itself. Um, so I hats off to you. Um, I would like to say too, and I'm going to tease this, uh, but there's another podcast in the works MLive live has, and I'm not going to give it away. Um, but it, the origin of it was there was an amazing story that was written by one of, uh, Emily's peers. Gus Burns. And we were sharing quotes from that story. Like they were like Christmas gifts. And the more we did that, I thought, I want to hear these the people (laughs) saying these things. I want to see them. It's like Duck Dynasty or something. Right. It was so weird and dysfunctional and funny is like I was like, I just kind of blurted out. We have to do a podcast and I don't want to spoil it, but we are. And that one's coming down the pike. So Emily, this you can't get away with this this morning. You mentioned spoilers, so what do you, what do you got? For
1: <laughs> well, you know, I gave you some of them, I think. Um, maybe I teased instead of spoiled uh, some some <laughs> upcoming episodes. Um, but yeah, I think the financial information is, is really interesting. Um, and then I guess. I guess my spoiler, um, and Jessica kind of alluded to this, but we do talk to a former employee about um, working inside the company and sort of uh, what that experience was like. Uh, so, you know, I think we do get a little bit of insight that um, we wouldn't have had otherwise, and and I was really glad to track him down. So,
0: one of my favorite things about this business, um, it was when I started and still is, is when a reporter asks why like they see something. And you said in the podcast, you know, that reporters have an obligation to notice a trend and then to ask why. And that is how this started. And I think that just makes it all the more authentic to me and, and perfect and cool that you noticed something. And because you did, it's, it's made this great story, this great content for our listeners and readers. Um, and perhaps, I don't know, what do you think? Will something come from this?
1: You know, it's hard to say. Um, Every Michigan attorney general, um, going back to Granholm and then um, Cox and then Shudi, has taken action on this. We haven't seen anything um, from Dana Nassel yet. I'm not sure if that's something that uh, the attorney general's office is still actively uh, looking at and investigating. And I'm mainly not sure of that because I guess here's one more spoiler. There's a gag order in place, so the attorney general's office is not allowed to talk about uh, the the case that they did have against the the Fader brothers, and I think that's extended sort of uh, a silence that wouldn't normally be there. I mean, I have you know decent contacts in the attorney general's office, but. Um, there's sort of this uh, veil of silence that certainly isn't typical for, for my storytelling.
0: The first rule of mandatory poster company is we don't talk about
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, except for a whole podcast.
0: Touche. <laughs> it is a wonderful podcast. I, I cannot wait uh, to to go through the conclusion. And then like a good podcast like Serial, I'll be sad when it's over. I don't know if you have that feeling, like, I want one more chapter, you know? Yeah, um,
1: and I, I really do feel like I'm taking people with me. Like, it was funny when you said it, like, um, that it was like I was just in your living room talking to you, because 100%, like, I do that to people. Like, you know, I, I'm a storyteller. That's why I like journalism. And, you know, I have been the person who's, like, talking to a friend and is, like, you know, saying something about this great interview I have. And then I'm like, oh, let me play you a piece of it. So, truly, like, this is not very different from uh, being at my dinner table <laughs> or in my backyard uh, talking about uh, something I'm working on. And it was really, it felt fun and sort of, like, intimate to be able to bring people into that that setting.
0: You did it so well. It's a great benefit to our readers and listeners. Um uh for the podcast and i'll we'll put the links to the uh, spotify and other places they can find it uh in this the, the notes that go with my podcast here and also in a column i write this week uh, about uh, the launch of the podcast so i want to take a moment and just say congratulations emily's fantastic work it really is truly and, and jessica for working with her to make the audio part, part of this so captivating uh fantastic work by you both and thank you for joining me today
1: thanks john Thanks. Thanks for having us and supporting work like this.
0: And there they go. At the time of recording, there is one episode of Mandatory Out. It is a weekly serial podcast you will not want to miss, and you can get it anywhere you get your podcast. And as always, if you like what John and I are doing, like, review, and share the podcast, and we will catch you next week. He is John Heiner. I am Eric Hulcron. And this is Behind the Headlines.